Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Uh, Let's just get right into it today because we are joined from, I still say across the pond, that's just what I say, by the one and only Miss Tessa Hartman from Real Housewives of Jersey. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Now, well, first of all, welcome. How are you? You have this great background behind you, this gorgeous painting that I see. Well, actually, that appears in the show. That is my naked self about 20 years ago. My ass doesn't look like that now, slightly depressingly. But um, my husband did it. He's an, he's an artist. He's a creative, I think is the best way to call it. But yes, he did that. I love it. And this is the difference between, like, you already mentioned that you're having your tea. Like, you know, over there, you're so refined. You have your tea. I'm just like on, like, my third cup of coffee, and it's not even 9 o'clock in the morning. Well, it is a bit earlier there for you. I do coffee in the morning, but then I go to the very British tea during the afternoon, you know, because it's tea time. I do like my wee cuppa, as we call it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So how are you? Like, what's been going on? How is, I mean, how is COVID over there, you know, like on the do island? You- I think we're, look, you know, it's a really strange time in which we live. Um, we're very lucky here on an island. We were um, slightly blessed in that it didn't, you know, it hasn't hit us the way it's hit major cities. And I think that's one of the benefits of being on an island. It's a smaller, more condensed community and everything is contained. We've had a few cases, and um, but we are in a, in a partial lockdown. Um, I think the stores are actually opening up next week, which will be nice. And you still have to, you know, adhere to social distancing. Um, but it's strange times. But, you know, because I live near the sea and I'm surrounded by water, I do count myself very lucky to have that because, you know, it's very hard for people that can't get a little bit of deviation or be at one with nature for a while, you know. That makes sense. I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of, I have friends who live in like Sri Lanka and Hawaii. A lot of the you know, surrounded by water locations, you guys ended up. Yeah, because we just, I just put on the wellies and my big 
barber jacket and I go for a stomp on the beach with all my kids and no matter how bad we're all feeling and fed up it actually just lifts you up so um, I feel I feel very fortunate to be able to do that here and as I say we're it's not you know there's not a lot of people in hospital and it is quite contained but my daughters live in London and um, you know it's a completely different place in London London's you know quite tough like much like New York and, and the other big cities you know yeah London I mean I have a lot of friends in London and London has it pretty bad yeah and you are originally from scotland i am i am from glasgow yes and um, i grew up in glasgow but i actually spent a lot of time i lived what we call um the lowlands still the highlands but the lower part of the highlands and the countryside near a place called loch lomond which is very beautiful and very picturesque and full of lovely hills and the loch and it's um it's a very lovely part but it's very cold david it is very cold up there. <laughs> it is, but you know, I I don't mind that. I'm one of those, I, I could live there. I could live in like a London. I like that overcast, rainy weather. I, I really don't mind it. Well, do you know, actually, my husband and I have said, my husband is actually half German, half Italian, and um, his schooling was all in Italian, so he's very Italian in nature and culture, but he moved to Scotland when we got married. And um, we built up our business there. And we actually say now that because the weather was so rubbish, that all we did was actually work because we had the kids and then we worked and then we couldn't go outside. And it was, I mean, really, really cold. So I, I have their dramatic weather to thank because I definitely wouldn't have worked that hard had I been in a gorgeous, beautiful climate where I was allowed to go outside and indulge. But um, so, and, and it gives me my dramatic, fiery Scottish temperament, which is also a good thing. Oh, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> How'd you guys end up on the island? Like, how does that happen? Do you know, it was really weird. We were about to, believe it or not, move to Los Angeles um, because um, we had a lot of business in, in LA and I, I wanted to get a nicer climate. I had lost my mom. I lived next door to her. It was, I found it very difficult. Everything reminded me of her. And then my father got sick and it was just, oh my God, I need, I need a new start. We um, went out to LA, found a house, found a school. I panicked about all the earthquakes because we're not used to that. I came to Jersey for a business meeting about a month later. And uh, we flew in over what they call St. Juan's Beach, which is a five mile white sandy beach think of a malibu beach and i just thought oh my god you know this is in the british isles it's five minutes from london most of my business is in london um why don't i why don't we move there and and we just took the plunge we're adventurers and my husband and i and we thought the boys could go to school here and they could surf and what a lovely place to bring up to bring up the kids so that's what we did and we opened an office here and um we've just been we've been hustling on as i say and it's close to London, like you said, you kind of have the best of both worlds. Yeah. I mean, I can go, I can jump on a plane, um, albeit not now, but uh, you're, the flight time is 35 minutes. So you fly at like 17,000 feet and you're down, you're no sooner up and you're down and you're in the city and you can come home the same night or because my girls live there, I would just stay and, and work then. But it's very close. So it, it is an easy commute and you can, there's ferries as well if you want to take the car. So, and it definitely has coming from Scotland, David, it's got much warmer climate we're talking a good maybe 12 degrees warmer so for us that's like that's like high summer isn't it seriously <laughs> oh, <that's fun. laughs> right it's like major summer yeah. did, did you watch before you were cast on the real housewives were you ever like a, a reality tv person do you know i i've seen bits and bobs you know, on and on, you know, I'd watched a couple of um, the Beverly Hills ladies. I love them. I'd watched a bit of the New Jersey ladies. They're, they're great. Um, obviously, you know, 
if everyone knows the Kardashians, what a brand that is. So yes, I, I dipped in and out. I would say probably most of my content because I am a complete workaholic and I don't get to watch as much TV as I would love, but I do follow a lot of these women on Instagram and you really get to discover their, their true personalities and, and who they really are on their socials, which I think is great. So I, I certainly was aware of a lot of the characters. Well, and I say this all the time on this show. I mean, the real story happens on Instagram. These shows are more that it's at least half of it is on Instagram now and you don't even see it on TV or you see it on TV and then the follow-up is more interesting than what you actually see. hundred percent, yes. Yes, absolutely. Who's like, do you have like a favorite to follow on Instagram out of like Beverly Hills in New Jersey? Like, do you have any favorites? You know, I love, um, I love Lisa Rina. I, I just think she's, um, she doesn't take herself too seriously. And I think when you go on these shows, you, you have to go in with a bit of, you know, it's a bit of fun. It's entertainment, you know, um, albeit, you know, I'm a full-time businesswoman. You know, I think you have to take it all with a pinch of salt. And um, I think she's great great with that and I admire her new lipstick they actually they sent me some of her lipsticks which I tasted and I love um and there's so many of the characters actually the New Jersey ones are great because actually you know the New Jersey ladies actually remind me of the Scottish temperament because they're just they're quite feisty and they're they're what we call a bit sour-faced you know they're a bit sour-faced and they say it with that face and that's very Glasgow so I can relate to a lot of the banter and the the expressions that these these lovely women have so yeah they're all they're all such distinctive characters and I think that's why the brand is so successful because you just you couldn't make it up could you it just happens it evolves I agree. Did you, and you got Lisa Rinna's makeup and lipstick, so that's a good thing. Yes. Have you ever heard from any of the other, um, any of your other American counterparts? Well, Lisa Rinna retweeted, I, I, not retweeted, she shared on her Instagram my, um, I did a review of her lipsticks and it was quite funny because my daughter, um, Talia, you know, she's a singer and she gets lots of products in and she's like, oh gosh, you know, I don't know if I'm going to like these lipsticks, mom, I'm not quite sure. And I said, well, let's just do a little review. And I was quite kind of stony faced at the beginning, you know, and then I was like, you know what, actually, yes, you nailed it. It was really good because I am a lipstick aficionado. I collect lipsticks. So I am, I was quite hard to please, but I have to report that, um, yeah, they are very good. They are very good. But she's, you know, she's got lips, she's got those lovely luscious lips. So what would you expect? She does have those lovely, luscious lips. What about, was there any confusion? I mean, I know here people were confused for a minute. Like, was there any confusion with like, you know, the Real Housewives of New Jersey versus the Real Housewives of Jersey? Were people reaching out to you and saying like, oh my yeah. God, you're going to be on with Teresa and Margaret? Yeah, and I think that was an obvious, you know, was an obvious mistake to make because why wouldn't you be? But the irony is, as I kept on saying to a lot of people, you must thank the island of Jersey for the New Jersey name because it did originate from here, you know, your history. Um, so that was really funny. But I think it's like everything with a new brand, you'll make the mistake once, but, you know, you just turn it on and, and they own their own space. So I think um, that's just part of the evolution, isn't it? And you guys have much different accents. We do, yes. And, and the thing about the Jersey um, housewives is that, you know, there's English on there, Scottish on there, we've got Australian, we've got quite a cosmopolitan bunch, um, some lovely, great English voices. And so it's, it's quite a mixture, which I think is nice. 
I love it. Did you ever, what about your Cheshire counterparts? Just because they're the obvious, you know, comparison down the street. Like, did you know any of them or did you watch that show before? I mean, I know who some of them are. I didn't really watch that show, to be honest. Um, my daughters know some of the daughters of the, of the wives from Cheshire. Because, uh, you know, London's a small scene and they would be at the same parties and things. Um, but no, I didn't really know them that well. But I think also... I think it's got a really different feel, Cheshire, to Jersey because, you know, Cheshire is, you know, it's Manchester essentially and, you know, it's it's inland and it's kind of, you know, it's a different vibe. Whereas I think because Jersey's an island and it doesn't feel British, that's why it's worked so well because it feels cosmopolitan. It feels very Mediterranean as opposed to British. So I think that's probably one of the attractions to it. You know, it's escapism. You turn it on and you just, you see the lovely sea and the boats and the fun and it's, it's good. It reminds me of The Real Housewives of Miami, which was on here, you know, mm -hmm. a years ago. It's not on, it's like, it's that same, who doesn't want to see beaches and boats and all of that, especially exactly. now, right? Can you hear, sorry, I've got someone drilling outside. Can you hear him? I can hear, it's not bad. I can hear light. Just stop. It sounds it sounds like construction. Yes, to me. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna just I'm gonna send a send someone a little message and tell them to and to just stop. say that's okay. We we like I personally <laughs> love when people have dogs and babies in the background. I just feel like it's part of life, right? Of what happens, and it it doesn't even it doesn't even lockdown, David. Yeah, it doesn't sound bad. I just was like, okay, I could hear a little bit of construction. Well, I can ask you this as you tell him to stop. Okay. What, I mean, how is reality TV there? You know, this is my own lack of knowledge, you know, because I've talked to other people that were on, you know, like British or foreign or whatever outside the US reality. You know, reality TV here is a huge freaking thing. Like, is it as big there? Yes, it is. Well, it is definitely as big. Obviously, we've got a much smaller population, but people are obsessed with it. Um, you know, we've got Love Island here. We've got Celebs Go Dating. We've got Taui, we've You know, we've got all these programs, and there are some really big personalities. And because of, of what I do, being in kind of PR and branding and events, I, know, I knew a lot of these people from my own job. And um, I'm very friendly with another great character over here called Gemma Collins, I'm sure you you might have heard of. Yeah, she's a great show here. She's vivacious and fun, and she's just you know she's a diva and an icon, and she's great. And funny enough, my daughter wrote the theme tune to her show, um, which oh. was really nice. So yes, there is a culture. Our magazines are saturated with the lives of these reality TV stars. People have an insatiable appetite for it. Um, and all the more so during lockdown, because what else are we doing? We're watching television, we're on our phones, that's what we do. So it's, um, I think it's only going to get bigger as a result of the pandemic, frankly. I think so. So knowing all these people, did, did what was like the best advice you got? Did anyone give you, you know, advice? I'm feeling so good today. And I honestly think it's because of the care of vitamins that I take every day. Care of is a wellness brand that makes it so easy to maintain your health goals with a customized vitamin plan that helps you feel your best today and supports you long term. It's so much fun. If you go to their website, you take their in-depth five-minute online quiz. It really is fun. It asks you questions about your diet, your lifestyle, your health concerns, so that they can help you address your specific wellness goals. Your wellness goals and diet goals are not going to be the same as mine. 
doing this quiz, you know what? It's really like a one-on-one consultation with a nutritionist all without leaving your house. Now, when you're done, it recommends a specific vitamin and supplement plan for you. The vitamins, mine, my vitamins and supplements came so quickly. They come in these cute little packets. So really, you know what to take each day. And what I love is the packets have these little quotes on them. So, you know, I'm all alone during COVID. I'm taking my vitamins doing this show. But it's kind of like words of wisdom and encouragement. These, these quotes really are very self affirming. So I love these little packets. It's so much fun. And the thing is, you know what, February is the perfect time to start with care of, because look, we've all had those big lofty new year's resolutions. I didn't meet mine. Did you meet yours? New year's resolutions don't have to be big. They could be small, little impactful changes. I truly feel better since I started taking these vitamins and supplements through care of, and I highly recommend you guys look into this. Now, let me tell you, by listening to this podcast, you get 50% off your first care of order. You go to takecareof.com. That's takecareof.com. Takecareof.com and you enter the code VELVET50. You got to enter the code VELVET50. If not, you're going to take the quiz. You're going to have fun. Your vitamins are going to arrive. You're going to take them. They're going to have the cute little sayings on the packet. And guess what? You're not going to get 50% off. So go to Take Care Of and enter the code VELVET50 and you get 50% off your first order. I feel so much better. I'm happy. I have more energy. Whatever your goals are, just take the quiz. It really is fun and they will give you a plan that is best suited for you. Again, takecareof.com, enter code VELVET50 and start feeling better today. All thanks to Care Of Vitamins and Supplements. Yeah, you know, I think actually, um, I think the best advice I got was just be real and honest and authentically yourself. And, you know, I have such a big family and I discuss everything with a family, my husband and my kids. In fact, we call it a, a Cobra meeting, which is like your kind of like, you know, your White House meeting. We, we, we joke about that. Yes, we need to have a big family meeting. And, um, you know, I discussed it with all the kids and they all had to be on board. And my sons were unfazed and almost unimpressed. And they were like, well, you know, we're not going to say things that we don't want to say. And, and I was like, guys, I just want you to be you. And I think that's why it's working out so well for us in that we are all very different. You know, you've got my husband's European personality and I am real, raw and honest. And, you know, sometimes I'm a bit frosty and that's real and I hold myself back. And But where, where I evolve and I get to know people and, you know, I'm slower as a grower, David. That's my phrase. You know, I don't jump in. I don't pretend to be anyone's best friend after five minutes. That's not what happens in life. So that's the way I played it on the show. And, and I think that was that was the right thing to do for me. I think that's a good, you know, yeah, you do have that characteristic. I think that's a good characteristic. I'm kind of the opposite, like I will, like with me, you start at a 10 out of 10. Now, mind you, you work your way down and then when you get to a zero, that's it. You're dead to me and I'll never, you know, <laughs> you like wrong me and it's over. But I, I'm like, okay, come on in. But yeah, you, you kind of have that. Like, I think that's a good quality. You know, you shouldn't trust everyone. I think also being Scottish, we're, we're quite skeptical and we're workhorses, but we've got a great sense of humor. So if I'm uneasy in a situation, I will tend to probably laugh it off and make fun of it. Um, 
but ponder it afterwards, you know. But um, I think I think my Scottish roots have set me up probably quite well for it because I don't get offended. I've been through so much in my life that it's water off a duck's back to me. You know, if there's any negativity, I, I don't actually care. You know, I focus on my family and that's it. But to be honest with you, despite having prepared my children for a bit of a negativity, because you're always going to get some people that don't like your character, I have to say I've been gobsmacked. I mean, you know, 99.9% of all the comments and, and, and the fans that we're getting are just so warm and so lovely, which has been a breath of fresh air. That's good, because not everyone gets it like that. Oh, I know. Well, the thing is, I am, again, you know, being skeptical. I prepared all the children for the worst. I'm like, right, we're going to get slated. You're going to read these things. They're not going to be true. You need to prepare. Don't care. Don't engage. Don't watch. Don't comment. You know, I prepared them for the worst. And actually, the nice thing has turned out. So that's been, <laughs> that's been a pleasant surprise. Has there been anything where, because right, I, my best advice to everyone, like when they're starting out, if they reach out to me for advice, I'm like, do not engage. Even if you read, I mean, don't even read, but if you read, do not engage because you will be, you'll be at it for seven weeks. You, they, you'll never get the last word. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it is that. And I think funny enough being, you know, with my background being in PR and marketing, that has been our golden rule for years. And unless it's desperate, don't engage. Although it's a really interesting conundrum, David, because sometimes if something really bad were to happen, I would be a hypocrite and say, sometimes you have to go on immediately and state your position because things blow so much out of control now. You know, it's a fine line whether to judge the disengagement or actually sort it out and put, you know hit the nail in the head but fortunately i haven't had that challenge yet so we'll see <laughs> that, that's good and it's listen it's easy i think people go down that rabbit hole sometimes before they come out the other side but yes if you make a statement make one statement and that's it that is your statement and then don't engage you know yeah so why did you decide to do the show? Like, was it a lot related to your business, like of marketing and PR? I mean, it's obviously a great platform to get the word out there of what you do. Absolutely. Well, to be honest with you, I, um, at first I told him I couldn't do it because um, I just didn't have the time, you know, and I worked full time and I thought, I'm sure this is going to be several months and I can't afford to just not go to work. Um, but, you know, I do a, very, a lot of um, fashion events here and I, I run a big event in Jersey called the Jersey Style Awards. So at that point, I said, actually, you can, they used all my footage to sell the show in. Um, I said, you know, it'd be great for all the events I work on. So more than happy for you to come and film all of them and do the red carpets, blah, blah, blah. And then COVID happened um, and in the March of last year. And overnight, you know, I'm a consultant to the fashion world and overnight, you know, just business really, you know, it, we lost probably about 30%. And suddenly I had more time and I said to my husband, you know what, we're all going to have to think outside the box for this. Um, you know, I've, I've worked all my life and I can't see myself not working. So I'm going to have to, you know, step up my game. So why don't I do the show? Because I've got more time and um, see where the journey takes us. And it's been really interesting because, you know, I get to talk about all my projects, my husband's art, you know, that's been phenomenal. I never in a million years expected that. I persuaded him to do an exhibition he's all, always painted just for himself for like 20 years and suddenly I get him this big gallery and they love his art and so there's just there's been so many lovely things that happened because we said yes you know did your husband because you said your kids didn't really care did your husband have any thoughts on being on the show was he like you know or I mean he's probably he was a bit like the boys I mean he speaks like loads of languages you know his first language is kind of Italian and German and he speaks French and he's got this kind of like nondescript 
British stroke European mid-European accent that no one can place um, and he is he's very vivacious and, and very opinionated but he's 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 not impressed easily because he's a creative you know he does music he paints he reads books you know he's quite a deep character so he he very much said you know you should do this it'll be like a social experiment you know you're getting to meet all these women that you don't really know and then it's just all one spark isn't it I thought actually you're right it is a social experiment um and he is you he can't be anything other than himself and I think that's also probably quite nice because it's unexpected I'm Glaswegian he's very European you know our kids are a mix of us both so you know there's a lot of fiery temperament in there to have a look at and what a great you know how many people get to say they were on a reality show in yeah. life you know you know I am I'm a big believer in you should seize every opportunity and if you stay true to yourself and as long as you've got your family support around you just go for it there's there's no such thing as regret I've you know in my lifetime I've tried a million things failed at loads of things but you know I think failure defines us in many ways if we don't if we don't get up and do it again we'll, we'll you know we'll we'll never progress so um, I think it is a leap of faith because you're handing yourself over to a production crew and they're going to edit but I, I'll never forget one of the things that the producer Mike said at the very beginning. He said, you know, ladies, you've got to remember that everything that comes out of your mouth is fair game. And I think he's absolutely right. And so that's why I thought, actually, I haven't regretted one thing that I've said or, or any part of my behavior because that is me. And I think if you can remain authentic to you, then you've got nothing to worry about. I think that's a great attitude. That's like the PR and marketing side of you. You know, it's like, <laughs> but I kind of probably do that for a living. So I'm very cautious of, you know, I'm not like at the beginning and I didn't, you know, these women. So at the beginning, I, I didn't drink too much. I played it safe and because I didn't want to get out of my comfort zone. And, and that was probably quite sensible. Was it a tad boring? Perhaps it was, but then my long game was interesting. And I, I began to relax once I got to know them all. And we had a lot of fun, you know. The wait is over. That's right. A season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. So you didn't know any of them before any of Not this? Not really. I mean, I knew Margaret a little um, from the property market, but no, I didn't really know any of them. Um, so uh, that was really interesting. And, and I think that's what made it uh, exciting to watch because I think you can see as the show goes on, by the time you get to like halfway through, everyone's just getting to really know each other. And, and also because we're in a pandemic, it was a bit like, you know, our program over here, Big Brother, you know, the, the reality show Big Brother where all these people... Yes. Essentially, it was like you put seven women together for three months and we're all hanging out in each other's houses and going to parties and doing things. And it was like a social experiment. You're forced to spend all this time with people, which I think was brilliant because we're all so distinctive. And also, I think what was interesting is each of the women have their own narrative. They've got their own little story and things going on in, your, in their lives which, you know, I think is important because that's what life is all about, to discover what's deep down. Um, and I think that came out as well, which was, which was good. And like, you know, I think the show is unique, you know, in your experience in the sense that 
you really, your first crack at it was during COVID. I mean, you know, you still would have been yourself. The women would have been themselves, but there, like you said, there would have been more outside influences, more parties. You would have maybe had just, it would have been different. There would have been different aspects of it. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, in my, you know, people say, can you throw a party together overnight? I'm like, I can throw a party together in an hour, my friend, you know, for me out of COVID is like, that's what I've got to look forward to because, you know, I do events for a living. I pull people together and make stuff happen. So I think to myself, my God, imagine what we can do with this in a non COVID time. So that is exciting. That's where, where the future is. Once this lifts and we can actually really showcase what it's all about. Totally. So you did the show for the right reasons. You know, why not? Never say never. I, I agree. I say yes to everything. I feel like, you know, great things that happen in life. I truly think it's because of something, you know, maybe smaller, not that the show's smaller, but you never know. You just say yes to everything. You never know where things are going. Absolutely. Absolutely. So which of your castmates do you think didn't do the show for the right reason? I mean, fame is a drug. People love being in front of a camera. I, do you know what? I don't really know the answer to that. What I will say is what I have said to so many people because of my background is that, you know, fame takes years and I, I'm under no illusions. We've done one show. I'm not going to get caught up in it. We've got a long way to go. You know, start talking to us when we've done 10 seasons. You know, we've got 5 million followers. So I, I am very, you know, I'm glass half full when it comes to that because I know how hard it is and I've worked with a lot of people in that industry. Um, so I like to think that the most important thing in my life is still my day job. And sure, you know, I'm getting sent lots of product and my Instagram followers are going up every day, which is amazing. And I'm doing lots of press, but not for one second do I think that, oh my God, this is it. You know, I, I'm on the route to stardom. I am I'm very grounded and very skeptical about all that until, like you say, you get the offer of a deal that you think, wow that's a game changer um and i think you know i'm not sure if all the women know that but i think that they did it possibly for the right reasons because we live in an island and it was a great opportunity and nothing like this has ever happened here before so why not let's let you know it's an adventure for them all and i think that's the way they possibly saw it that is the best attitude i agree with every single thing you've said i talk to everyone i talk to so many housewives and just reality stars that used to be on tv like five ten years later i'm the same as you like I tell people, like, don't ever believe the hype. Yes. You know, you, you keep the day job. Yes. It, it doesn't mean anything. You don't lose yourself. And just, right, like, in five years when you, you know, have five million followers and get a deal for, like, you know, yeah. millions and millions of dollars and you're then at the t- Celebrate, exactly, exactly. Right. You know, okay. like, you know, like, not, yeah, like not taking it away from anyone, but that's just, I think people believe their own hype after like a minute and you're like, oh, this is the start of a downfall. Yes. I th- I, and it's, it's very easily done though, isn't it? Because you get lulled into this kind of false sense of security via this kind of, you know, overnight sensationalist press coverage and media. And you think, wow, that's great. But because of what I do, and also because my daughter's a singer and she's been working so hard at it, I know that there is, I said to someone the other day, look, there's no such thing as an overnight success. That person, you might have just heard about them overnight, but they've been hustling for 10 years. You know, they have been putting in the time. Um, And that's what I feel, you know, I've been working for 25 years with my own business before that for other people. Um, And I just feel now, actually, I turned 50 last year, that I'm really finding my mojo now, that I'm even more ambitious now than I ever was because I've been doing it for so long and I'm probably in a comfortable place. So I suppose that was another reason for doing the show that I feel 
quite comfortable and confident with myself, not overly, um, but enough to hold my own. So that makes sense too. And the thing is like, you'll always have your own business. Like you will in some form, this other career being in it, you know how it is. It's, it's very fleeting and it's out of your control in a lot of sense. So yeah. Well then on that sense, which of your castmates do you think it has gone to their head and they're kind of (laughs) believing their hype? That's a cheeky question, David. I don't know as a publicist if I can answer that. Look, I think it's still early days. Um, I don't really know the answer to that because, to be honest with you, I and and this may sound hard. I I don't keep in touch with a lot of them just because I'm so busy. You know, when we were filming, we we spoke all the time. But since we stopped filming, you know, my head's down. I'm on to my next job. Um, so I I don't really know the answer to that and I don't I don't follow all of them either on their socials so I can't really give you a a fair comment on that I would like to think that they're all still a little bit grounded Jersey's an island it's very small and the islanders here are quite cheeky so I think a lot of the islanders probably won't won't allow any of us to get carried away you know without telling us all (laughs) spoken like a true superstar publicist with 20 years of experience (laughs) Listen, Tessa, I'm behaving myself. I never said there wouldn't be one or two like cheeky questions. Well, listen, hit me with David. I never said I can't answer them. I'm just, you know, you hit me with it. I'm not afraid. <laughs> you're good. You're good. Um, what is the best thing that has come out of the show, you know, for you? Uh, for me, actually, um, it's the experience of what I've actually loved is because I've been behind the camera for so long for so many different projects and and fashion shoots and you know looking after people in productions it was just really nice to be in front of it and to see the machine that it is and um, I have huge respect for the production and the forward planning and how they pulled everything together so uh, you know that's my commercial brain thinking wow this is really something magical to be part of and I, I appreciate it you know I never complained about being cold or hungry or standing about too long you know because I get it I get the world of production and I am hugely grateful for that on the other side I think what's been amazing is that it was great to see my kids take part and actually how um, relaxed and how much they actually enjoyed it but my most favorite is undoubtedly being my husband's art now having a platform and that happened so organically and out of the blue um, and he is feisty and he did tell me to bugger off that he was not sharing it or not doing anything with it. And it took me a couple of nights to kind of nudge, nudge him. Um, but I'm just so proud of him because he's been painting for like 25 years just for pure therapy and himself. And one of the producers walked into the house and saw his paintings on the walls and they're like, well, who does this art? And I was like, well, that's my husband. And, and before you know it, he was like, where is it? I need to see more. And why haven't you done anything with this? And I actually said, you know, you're right. Why haven't I done anything like this? My husband's in the background going, well, you're not doing anything with this. It's not for anyone else's eyes apart from mine. So, you know, I'm a hustler, David, and I thought, actually, this could be great. And um, I, I reached out, I got some of his art photograph, and I reached out to a couple of galleries, and I said, look, would you give me your thoughts on this and what you think? And the first gallery I went to here, which is our biggest and most prestigious, and the guy who set it up was the founder of Christie's Contemporary Art in London, loved it and said, I can't believe this. Where has he been hiding? And I need to do an exhibition and we do an exhibition. So, you know, that was, that was an organic true storyline that actually happened like that. So 
these stories I think are, are good because it's all true and it really happened and I had to persuade him. He didn't want to do it. Next thing you know, he's doing a gallery. All these people show up. He's got 25 pieces and we've had people email us. We sold a painting to New York, you know, we're, 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 you know, we're getting inquiries in from all over the world because of his art. And that would never have happened had I not done this show because I probably just, it wouldn't have even been my dictionary. It was just some beautiful pieces that we hang in our home. Totally. I agree. And you are a hustler and it's what you do. And you're like, well, actually, dude, you know, I hustled. I didn't expect for a moment that the first gallery would say, yeah, we love this. I was like, oh, fabulous. Great. Let's go. Let's get, I had the website built. I was creating all the branding. I was like, I was on it because I, you know, I love being in this world, but my husband is the creative and I have such a big admiration for creative people because I can't draw. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm fueled by this and I've spent many, many years supporting young fashion designers and that's why I set up the fashion awards. And I just think that these people have such a skill and a craft that it's just wonderful to give them a platform. And that's why I've done so much work for emerging fashion talent over the years because they are the next generation. They are our future. So I love all that side. I respect anyone creative too. I can't draw. I can't do any of that. What about, I mean, I know you were diagnosed with breast cancer a few years ago. Like how did that play a role in, you know, like any breast cancer awareness, like bringing that to the forefront? Yeah, I think, you know, two things about that as well. I think that was another reason why I did it. Because once you come through something like that, when you get through the other end, you know, I was diagnosed in 2017. I had a mastectomy reconstruction. I had 22 lymph nodes removed from my arm. Um, I think once you, and I chemo for a long, for six months, when I finished all of that, everything in life is in perspective, isn't it? You just view everything and um, I just felt that was another reason where I probably would the old Tessa would have overanalyzed housewives and be too scared for her brand um the new Tessa was like you know <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna do this this is fun why not life is definitely too short and uh, you know you know and, and then circumstances change with COVID and everything but I think you know what has also been depressing but really nice is that I've been inundated with young women who have breast cancer I know I was 47 when I was diagnosed and I, I get literally dozens and dozens of messages from these young women who are in their early 30s, David, and that really freaks me out because it is just, you know, they say it used to be one in three women would get it. Now they're saying one in two, you know, so the stats are out there and, and I really, I would love to do a lot more awareness about breast cancer and finding it and knowing what to look for because it's just, the numbers are terrifying and, and it's a it's a big problem and I think it's going to be the next big C after COVID because we've ignored everything else that's going on you know we've managed to create a, a, a vaccine in less than a year for a virus that we knew nothing about and yet we can't create a vaccine or more drugs to help against cancer so um, I think there's lots of big conversations that need to be had there um, I, I would love to remove the word cancer it's very frightening and it you know we're in a world of survivorship now you know 25 30 years ago women didn't survive with it but now we are so we need to take the fear away from women and we need to talk about it as if it's like getting your appendix out and and i think if we can do that and change the language it might help i renamed my new boob 
Barbara after Barbara's rising because I didn't want the word in the house where the children were so young and it was so depressing. I thought, I can't be talking about cancer in my home. So I called my new boo Barbara, called my old boo Brittany, a bit 90s, but still really cool. And I referenced my chemo as my spa day. So when we talked as a family and the kids naturally wanted to ask about it, they would ask, how's Barbara doing? And, you know, you know, how was your spa day? And, and how are you feeling? And is Barbara sore? And all these things that you're actually, if you put, if you replace that word with how was your cancer and how was your mistake to be, it's just so depressing and so hard for young people. So I would love to see a change of language. And added to that, I adore Barbara Streisand and I listened to her song Queen Bee throughout my entire chemo journey. And she, she literally got me through it. So <laughs> what about Britney? Do you, do you adore Britney as much? I love Britney. I love her. Yeah, I think she's, she's, you know, she's an icon, isn't she? She's been through a lot. I think she's misunderstood. I mean, you know, do we believe half of what we read about it? But, you know, that young girl has, you know, she's achieved so much and she's been through an awful lot. So I, I think that's a problem. I have the maternal instinct in me just wants to give her a big cuddle. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, the whole free Britney movement. I know, it, you know, this is the thing, you know, it's terrifying how these things happen, but then how much of it's true? Who do we, you know, who are we to believe? And, and um, I, I think that is the positive and minus of, of social media at the same time. But um, if you're listening, Britney, and you want a cuddle, just come to Mama Hartman. I will give you a big cuddle and I'll sort it all out. Seriously. And you know, that's also, we were talking about fame. I mean, that's the thing, like people, there's lots of, there's lots of negatives to fame, you know, it's like. Well, when you reach her level at such a young age, I mean, people forget what these kids have to go through when, when they reach that, you know, and you see Justin Bieber talks about it and all his lyrics now, and you know, they have a, they have a challenging road and, and people always think it is an easy one and it's certainly not. And, and I think probably that's why, I am so skeptical and I'm glad I'm doing this with the knowledge that I have because I'm well aware of what can go wrong. Absolutely. What about when you started filming? Were you, you know, knowing how this, you know, you knew a lot of reality stars and what you do, but like, was the filming like, you know, was it what you expected? I mean, even with your experience or were you like, oh God, this is not what I expected? No. It was a bit of both. I mean, the days were much longer. Um, you know, I, I should have probably expected them to be that way. And after about uh, a week of really long hours, I came back and I said to my husband, I said, you know, this is this is a project and I'm going to treat this like a project, like a business project. And I'm going to show up at my call time and I'm going to be me. And then it was quite hard because I had to juggle still my own business. So I've come home from a full day of filming and I get on my laptop and do all my work and I would work weekends. But was it any more different putting on an event for 500 people or a red carpet that I do? Probably not. It's just that I was in front of the cameras this time. So that was my mindset. I treated it like a job and I gave it the respect that it deserved and enjoyed it. And then I came home and I, and I cracked on with, with my day job. But it was, you know, they had a big crew over here and they, they really did a marvellous job of showcasing Jersey. Jersey looks amazing. Um, and the teams, they had about, you know, three or four different teams and they were all great. And they really, they knew that we were, in a sense, all amateurs because this was our first time. And they were really... Um, motivational and understanding and supportive and you were happy with your edit and how it came out or was there anything where you look back and you're like oh. look, a lot of things look I, I my view was I 
as I said earlier, no regrets. So you, you, you have to take that leap of faith that you're, everything's not going to be edited the way you would like it. There are a couple of things that I would have loved more content in that I know I said that weren't there, but I'm not going to moan about it. I'm not going to complain about it because, you know, they've got to edit down that amount of time. There was tons of family stuff, actually, that um, we filmed that didn't make it to the edit. And I would love to, for that to be in because it shows our real fun and slightly dysfunctional Hartman existence. Um, but you know, it's a housewife show, so I get why they kind of cut that down. But there was some really fun parties that we threw in the house here and we're all slightly crazy and dysfunctional. So I think that would have been nice for people to just see that kind of family vibe, but hey. What about, you know, a lot of people consider you kind of, you know, the main woman of the group. I mean, I've read that many places, kind of like, you know, you're the center. Every show kind of has one, even though it's an ensemble cast. Would you agree with that statement? I, I think, yeah, actually, yes. And I'm not going to be embarrassed about saying that. And the only reason I say yes is because I worked really hard. The producers said to everyone, look, whatever you have to bring to the table, whatever ideas you have, we welcome them. Bring us the ideas, bring us the content, come up with whatever. And I, I, I did that a lot. You know, I, as I said to you, I treated this like a project. And I thought, actually, this, my view is, it doesn't matter who the lead is, the show has to work. So I, I, I treated this as a, what, what can I bring to the table that's going to make this, you know, sprinkle some fairy dust on it and, and, and make it work for all of us. Because I am, you know, I've been in projects so often whereby, you know, the biggest star in the show doesn't get the cred, but it doesn't matter because it brings the horse to water. And as long as it's a success and everyone benefits. So that's my view. And I worked really hard to, to pull in loads of favors, to introduce the producers to different people, to get access to different things, to, you know, I worked hard at that. So um, that, that's the result. And, you know, if, if people don't like that, then you'll have to work harder next time. Almost like a mini producer. Well, in a sense, yeah, just because I think it was, I'm, I'm very, I was very keen to showcase Jersey. I was very keen to showcase um, all the different businesses. And, you know, one of the other things I did was, as like I said to you, I'm really keen to support new talent. So when they were doing the, um, the title shoot, you know, they were talking about bringing over the creative team from London. And I said to the producers, look, you know, this is a small island. We've got some really good talent here. We've got some good photographers, great hair people, great makeup. Why don't you let me introduce you to some people who I think could do the job? And then that would be amazing for their CV because while they live on an island and they get to shoot for, you know, uh, the program and what a step up that would give to them. And they said yes. So there's lots of great things that have happened commercially and economically because of housewives of people that I've introduced to the show because I want people to succeed. I want people to go, I did the photography for this. I was a cameraman. I was an editor. I'm a hairdresser. I'm a makeup artist. And that's amazing. That's when it all gets interesting. Well, you were probably a producer's dream. You took it like a job. <laughs> you showed up on time. You understood the long hours and never complained. And you had ideas. That's like a home run for a producer. Well, I like to think so, but then that's just because that's what I do. And so I really did, I wanted it to work for everyone. So I just brought what I thought was my best game to the table and, and offered everything that I could. Like, you know, I had my clients, I, I look after this wonderful um, 
luxurious property company here called De Casa, and that's run by the most amazing dynamic group of women who I admire and bow to, and they're feisty and hustlers, and I was like, look, you know, why don't we use all their houses for the show and we'll, we'll have a staycation there so they benefit and everyone benefits, but that you've got these magnificent homes for the series, which is great, which is great TV, so it works out for everyone. What about, on that sense, the opposite? Who do you think contributed the least? Well, I probably think that's not really a fair question to ask because, you know, I only did that because I've been doing it for so long. So I think that it's a, it's a, every day is a school day, even for me. Um, so I think that for these women, it would be an unfair comparison because they don't do that and it was a whole new world for them. I think definitely for a second series, I think they'll all step up their game and they'll all work much harder and they'll all really think about their storylines and what they want to bring to the table. But I think you can only get that way having done it once. So I think it's just like going to school. That's true. What about you? Like, what have you, like, has this experience changed you? Like, what have you learned about yourself? Have you, I mean, have you changed? I don't, no, I don't think I've changed at all. Like I said to you earlier, it's just, it's been great fun. I've loved it. I've loved that I did it with my family. We've had such a laugh doing it. Um, you know, I just think the experience of being in a production that size has been wonderful. We've got lots of different offers and things on the table already of other little things that we're talking to different people about, which is great, you know, and, and again, I'm well aware that, you know, people can throw five projects at you and none of them come off. So I take them all with a pinch of salt, but they are all starting to talk to us, which I think is great. Um, and I'm all for that. So, you know, there's, there's no negativity from this whatsoever. If anything, it's been a wonderful blessing and um, I'm going to hustle to make it worth my while. <laughs> That's the right attitude. What about, like, have you heard from anyone, you know, here, like, Housewives is such a huge thing. There's a lot of, like, very, you know, famous, like, actual actors and actresses that are Housewives fans. Have you heard from anyone, like, over there or even over here, like, not um, Housewives, just... I, I know there's a lot of, like, British celebrities that, um, that support me, you know, um, there's a lovely lady called Alicia Dixon. She was in a, a band. She's on Britain's Got Talent with Simon Cowell. Um, you know, there's lots of models and photographers, people that, from my world that I'm like, oh my God, these guys love, you know, all the designers messaging me. They love housewives. Isn't that funny? Um, in fact, the funniest thing was the ex-secretary of state for Scotland, this huge politician has been messaging me going, I'm really liking Housewives and I'm loving the Scotland flag being flown. I'm like, my God, you know, politicians, pop stars, isn't it great? I mean, you just, I think from that perspective, I had no idea that such a diverse demographic loved the show. And I think, so that's been really funny for me to see the different people messaging me and sending me some flowers and laughing at it. Because it, as I said, it's a, it is supposed to be a bit of entertainment, isn't it? Yeah, and especially when it's, like you said, politicians and people that you just never expect. Yeah. What about, like, who, what celebrities from here are big over there? You know, like, is, like, a J-Lo, a Taylor Swift? Like, who are your, like, who... Yeah. Look, I think if, if they're big in America, they're big here. I mean, that, that's the way to view it. I mean, they're, we know all of them. They're in all our magazines. You know, I, I, I love J-Lo. And it's funny you should mention her because she did an interview and it was like listening to myself. And it's my mantra. She did an interview a couple of months ago and she said, you know, 
I deserve to be here. I got up earlier than everybody else. I work later than everybody else. I work harder than everybody else. And I watched it and I said, Amen, J Lo, because that is me too. You know, I, you know, I have my kids and my work and I don't do lunches and I don't faff about and I don't get my nails done every day and I'm always busy, even on weekends. And you know, I think that is, there's nothing wrong with admitting that. And, um, you know, there was a scene in the, um, in the show where, you know, I didn't want to go to lunch with one of the other ladies because I don't do lunch. And yet everyone's going, oh, that's so bitchy. Why can't you just go and have lunch with her? And I said, look, if I was a man and I came to you and said, look, I'm really sorry, I don't do lunch because I'm running this great business and, you know, I've no time for it. You go, wow, what a success story he is. He's great. Isn't that fabulous? Suddenly, if a woman says that, she's a bitch. So there are these contradictions that I think Housewives is an opportunity to redefine. You know, for me, I come into it as a businesswoman and I'm, I'm going to be confident in saying, I don't do lunch. I'm not going to be shamed or I'm, I'm not going to be lambasted because of that. And I'm going to stand up and be confident of my position. And I think that there are lots of kind of stereotypes that housewives have that maybe we could just change a wee bit and maybe we should you know be having these discussions more often and and stop actually judging and stereotyping women because they're confident with their own actions i would agree with all of that i mean first of all who has time for lunch i i would agree yeah. and second of all you know just in the whole housewives universe there's and this is no shade just you know not everyone does have a nine to five like running not nine to five you work way more but like running a business so i think it's starting to shift in a lot of people that are being cast here in america that it's nice to see people with you know like a real company or job because i think what happens a lot is they have some job and then when they get on housewives this job goes away and yes. it disappears yes. yeah the job yeah. is now red carpets and lunches yeah. yeah and i think i think people are i think there's a definite appetite for a different type of personality now. And that's what I, one of the things I said to my husband, I said, you know, I am, I'm a size 14. There we go. You know, I'm not a size, I don't know what that is in American sizes, but I'm not a size eight, let's say is a standard size. Um, you know, I am opinionated, I work, I am, you know, honest and upfront and perhaps a bit frosty. But these are attributes that I'm proud of. They're not something that I think should be shut down. And I'm not m maligning anybody that doesn't work for a living or has champagne lunches every day and does recovery. Great, good for you. But I think the world is ready for people that are just that little bit different. And I think that are relatable and that have hustled and worked hard to get to where they want to go. And yes, they're doing lovely things now, but you know, don't doubt for a minute that they can't give up the day job because they can't yet. And I think that is... I'm always saying to my my kids, you know, there's no such thing as a free lunch and nothing is ever easy because if it were easy, everyone would be doing it. Um, and I think people want to see that drive. And, and I think it's, it's almost irresponsible of us now as a society, particularly after COVID, to make people think that everything's so glossy and wonderful and easy because it's not, you know, it really isn't. I would agree with that too. What about, are you as obsessed over there as the Americans are with Harry and Meghan? Yes. I mean, look, how can you not be? I am, I love the British monarchy. I think they are our biggest attribute in the world. And actually, when I got my CBE at Buckingham Palace, it was Prince William that, that um, gave me the honour. And I was like a fangirl. I was like, my God, here I am standing in front of Prince William and he's much taller in real life and he's much more commanding and he was utterly charming. And I like, had this like five minute conversation about 
um, my award was for work within fashion and textiles and he knew all about the Scottish Fashion Awards and I was like, wow. So you actually feel a bit of ownership of these boys because you grew up watching them, Harry and William. And so I find it all really sad now, you know, I just think, God, you know, I don't have my mother either. My, I lost my father a couple of years ago. So I just, my heart breaks for them and I, I really want them to fix it. And, and I know it's broken, but I, I really would just love them to all get together and, and sort it out because life is just too short not to. I, yes. What about when Harry and Meghan made their way here? Was that like a big thing there? It was a massive thing, a massive thing. And I think everybody was gutted. I mean, I was gutted. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I think Megan's a lovely girl. I think it was wonderful that she married Harry. He found the love of his life. And, and we were, you know, absolutely delighted for him. She's strong. She's powerful. She's opinionated. Um, and, and he loves her. And that was the only thing that mattered. However... I do think that it broke the nation's heart, them leaving. And I do think a lot of people think um, it's very difficult. They kind of, they naturally maybe just want to blame her a little because they view it as you took him away from us and, and we, he grew up here and his family's here and his cousins and nephews and everything. And, and, and I do think people feel a wee bit sad for that and, and naturally like you would do, it happens all the time. You fall in love, you move countries and, and you, you're you a bit resentful that they're not here. And I think that is the state of the nation. They would love him to be back. Um, I, I, do feel, I do feel that Megan, for being in the public eye and for doing all her acting, I do think she could have handled it differently. You know, this is the world that she chose. You know, she was an actress before she moved into the royal family. So she should have been aware of all the downside. But the most important thing was that the nation loved her and they did love her and they do love her. So I think running away from it has actually made it worse. And I think that is a long-term game plan that I don't think they, they anticipated. What do you think she could have done differently? I think she should have stuck her ground. You know, she's a great person. She's a great orator. She's got so many fantastic causes. And if it were me, if, if she felt that people were being unfair to her, I would have fought to the bitter end. I wouldn't have given up in five minutes. And I just feel that she didn't give it enough time. And absolutely, you know, there are, you know, there is institutional behaviors and opinions that are wrong in the UK. And I'm not going to deny that. But you know, they are in a very privileged position. They don't have to worry about a lot of things and she can use her position for great good. So, and she was already doing that with the various projects she was involved in in London and the UK, which was great. Harry is just, you know, he's a breath of fresh air. He's quite feisty. He's, you know, he's got this great heritage of, of the army and things. And together they're this great, you know, um, wonderful couple multiracial couple that is wonderful to see in the british family so own that position make it change the game stay in the royal family give it your best to actually shake it up and 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 use that platform but by running away to america i felt was a little bit huffy and a little bit unfair because you know they had this amazing wedding they had that house and i'm sure who am i i don't know the inside story but you knew the game, knew what you were getting into, and the world loves you. So I just want her to fight and be back in Britain and, and show the world what an amazing person she is. Do you think they'll ever be back? I don't think, I don't know. I don't think so. No, I think, um, 
I think he's supposed to be coming back for Prince Philip's 100th birthday in June. And um, the chat in the, the papers is that she's not coming. I don't know why that is. Um, I think that would be, again, another disappointing sign. Look, I think the, the only thing we can be sure of in this life is that families are everything. And I think maybe I'm a bit more emotional about this because I don't have both of my parents. But I do know that every, you know, Hollywood makes movies about it. Your mother-in-law, your family's-in-law, you can't buy them. They're difficult. They're, they're challenging. They're all, that is, that is the world. It's not going to be easy, but you just can't give up on them after five minutes. You've, you've got to give it a bit more time. So I, I think that was quite obstinate of her to do that. And I also think that, you know, by, by still using the monarchy's name and her title to do all her projects is a little bit hypocritical for me. Because uh, if you're going to give it up, then give it up properly and be Meghan and Harry um, and not the, the Duke and Duchess. Um, or just actually have a house in America, but make Britain your home, you know, reshape the monarchy the way it needs to be reshaped and show everybody how amazing you are. That would have been my advice to her. And, and holiday in Los Angeles, go out there, holiday, keep your friends, you know, but actually, you know, use this position to change it rather than try and fight against it. That makes sense. This is a very self-indulgent question. It's also very stereotypical. It's like if you're going to ask me if I know all the New York housewives, which I do, but that's still a stereotypical question just because I live in New York City. But one of the best TV shows here that was ever in existence was Ladies of London. I know it wasn't as big a thing over there, but like, do you know any like Carolyn Stanberry, Marissa Hermer? Like, these are my girls. I mean, you know, it's funny. I don't know them well. I've, I've met them a couple of times at some parties in London over the years. Caroline used to mix in a lot of the same circles as I did when I was working there. Um, but I don't know them well. And it didn't do well at all here. I, I, I think, I'm not sure why that was because it was great fun. I mean, it was, a, I thought it was a great show but it, it just didn't resonate. And sometimes I think maybe it was just a little bit too close to home. You know, sometimes people don't want to see that because it is too, <laughs> it's too real. Um, I don't know, but yeah, they were, they were very glamorous and lovely women. I know. I, and like there, it was just what it was. And then they would come over here and do press. And I mean, it was like, you know, the second, yeah. it was a big thing here for the yeah. time it was. Yeah, Absolutely. So that is my self-indulgent question. It's very stereotypical just to think that, you know, you guys are all around the same age. You have a business. And what a great name, Ladies of London. I mean, it's screaming to be a success, isn't it? You know? I think so. What about, like, do you know, like, like, Andy Cohn, Bravo? Like, do you know, are you tied into that? We're not, but I love him and I follow him on Instagram and I've been watching him throughout all of COVID and he's a gorgeous little boy and he's reading his books and, you know, I again, I look at him from a business perspective and I think, wow, you know, you created this brand, you, you, you've got all these subdivisions of the brand, you're growing it, you're hustling, you're doing CNN, you're just, he is, he's a man after my own heart because he never stops. And I love that. And, um, but he, I think the most important thing is I'm always trying to tell my kids, you've got to love what you do. And you look at him and you just know he loves what he does. And uh, he's, he's, he's great. I, I would love to meet him, Andy. I would love to go for lunch with you or set up a Zoom call with you if you are watching this. So just direct message me. So Tessa, you don't do lunch, but for Andy Cohen, you would. I would, I would break the golden rule, David, and I would literally, I would do lunch, dinner, breakfast with that man. You name it, you name it. 
Okay, let me let me see if I can work on that. <laughs> what about your daughter was on the X Factor? You said she's a singer. She was on the X Factor in the UK. Uh, yeah, well, she wasn't on the X Factor. She was on the X Factor, the band. Oh. Um, yes, yes. So um, she did that and she did Celebs Go Dating. In fact, she's on another show that comes out next week here called... Um, I think dating with my ex and you know, look, she's a singer songwriter. So she, uh, she was discovered by Elton John when she was like 13 and she is, she's a young entrepreneur as well because you know, I told her from day one, you can try and put out records, but you need to think of an income stream. How are you going to survive? Cause she left school at 16. And so she's got this great business. Now she earns all her money through her Instagram and her endorsement. She's published two books with Scholastic uh, called Pop Girl about her real life story with Elton John and she's working really hard she writes music she plays piano and she wants to be J-Lo or Beyonce or whoever her, her person is and that's going to take a lifetime of commitment and a lot of luck but she is hustling hard and she's only 22 and she's surviving on her own merits and turning over a good salary so I said to her as long as you can continue to give yourself a wage you can crack on writing tunes and put them out you know for however long it takes so I'm, I'm really proud of her but it's a really tough it's a tough game you know she's independent she's not signed which she's done intentionally because she wants to find the right label eventually um so it's it's a journey and it's a roller coaster but it's she she loves it you know you'd have you have to be totally committed to that game as well because it's really hard that's good what is this book with her well, you said experience with elton john what like she knows elton john oh my gosh David, this is a great story. So when we were, my father took us on holiday to Hawaii several years ago. It was his 80th birthday. And um, he, we got ill and he had to, we had to change hotel because our hotel was fully booked. So we booked into this hotel for one night only. And when we got into the hotel, we discovered that Elton John and his entourage were staying in a hotel. And so Talia was like, oh my God, you know, this is Elton John. I need to meet him. And I was like, well, I don't think he's going to be hanging about in the lobby, but you can try. So anyway, she was stalking the lobby all night. Next day we're leaving. We're flying from San Francisco to, uh, sorry, from Hawaii to San Francisco and back to London. But as we were having breakfast in the, in the restaurant of the hotel, David Furnish, Elton's partner, was sitting a stone's throw away with all these guys. So she's like, mom, do you think if I go over and hand David Furnish my CD and write a letter to Elton, he will pass it on? I was like, look, Talia, this is a really nice hotel. It's a private space. So if you can cope with the rejection, then I would say go do it as long as you're not offended if he's not very nice. But, you know, go for it. So she goes over and she speaks to Dean Furnish. He was lovely. He was like, my God, you're from Scotland, a long way from home. What are you doing here? La, 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 la. Yes, I'll pass it on to Ellen. So we leave. She's over the moon. She wrote this letter, gave them the CD. We leave. We're, we land in San Francisco. And we're going to a connecting flight and her mobile rings. And we're going through security and it's Elton John on the mobile. And she's like, hello. And he's like, yeah, Tally, it's Elton. And she's like, oh, I'm really sorry. I can't speak to you. I'm going through security. Can you call me back? <laughs> so she's like shouting to us and the guy's going, ma'am, can you put your phone down in the box? And so it's all, it's chaos. So anyway, she gets through security, he phones her back and he laughs and he says, look, Talia, he said, um, I, I was performing in uh, Honolulu um, last night and I played your demo CD through the sound system of the football stadium I was in. And my band absolutely love you and we can't believe that you're only 13. You've got one of the best soul signatures I've ever heard. 
what's your plan? So who writes your music? So she starts chatting away, da da da. So he says, look, I'm gonna, I need to speak to my people about this. I just wanted to call you and say, we need to make something happen for you. So we get on the flight from San Francisco to London. We land in London. She turns her phone on again and he phones again when he landed. And he said, right, I've got it. I've got some people coming up to see you next week, but I wanted to ask you, would you like to open my concert in Scotland when I come up there in June? And so six months later, here she is, you know, performing six songs as the opening act for Elton John in a football stadium with 20,000 people in it. <laughs> and, you know, he is, he, for me, he is, he's a, you know, he's a dream maker, isn't he? I mean, for him to take the time to give a young person that opportunity and he changed her life. Um, and so that really launched her and she did gigs all over, you know, all over the world. Through that, she met Niall Rogers. Niall Rogers asked her to come to New York. She did a TED talk when she was like 14 in New York. She then started writing for Huffington Post Teen. And because of that, she got asked to, she wrote a book called Pop Girl and Sealed with a Kiss for Scholastic to publish it. So she is, she's just keeping going. And she's, but ultimately she wants to be a singer, but she knows that having a hand at all these different things um, is going to get her where she wants to go. So um, Elton John, yes, he is He is a hero in this house. <laughs> wow. Well, first of all, I would think she's on a short list of people that has hung up on Elton John or said, I have to call, you, <laughs> call me back. But I did not expect all that. That's, that's wow. Unbelievable. I know. Wow. Still, when I even talk about it out loud, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like fiction. You know, it was so surreal. It was so unbelievable. And then actually a couple of days later, you know, oh, we jet lagged so we couldn't sleep by the time we got home this horrendous trip back to Glasgow. We flew, we then had to fly from London to Glasgow. He actually phoned our house phone. She gave him her house phone and he phoned and he spoke to me and he said, I'm really sorry. He said, I thought I'd better just call because you're wondering, you're probably wondering why this strange music man's calling your 13 year old daughter. But, you know, I just want you to know that my intentions are great. And, and he goes, and I can't believe that um, your husband writes all the songs with her and they write together. And, you know, your, your son does this and da -da. you guys are the Waltons of the music business. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll take that compliment from Milton John, but he's just, he's just, the most incredible person and actually I understand he's done it to a few people you know he does tend to find people and give them a bit of a step up so that's that's an incredible feat wow I mean who would think that the CD would a even be passed on and that he would mm -hmm. actually let, like that's insane yeah so well there you go that's like your daughter got it from you like just don't say no just say just put yourself Absolutely. out there Absolutely. And I, and I think, I suppose that's the thing with starting so young. I mean, a lot of people were like, oh my God, it's, you know, you're a bad mom because she's so young and she's doing this. And I'm like, look, if your kid's in a football team or he's a swimmer, do you take him to training sessions every week? Yes, you do. Three, four times a week, Saturdays, Sundays. Do you not nurture that talent? Of course you do. So she's, she's a singer. She's a songwriter. She actually, her background was she loved jazz, David. So she would sing Ella Fitzgerald and Dinah Washington and all these things. And then it grew to R&B and soul and things. So, you know, for me, again, like you said earlier, I love that creative talent. I can't sing for crap. I mean, I'm the worst singer in the world. Um, so when you see a talent like that, you've just got to let them fly and see what it takes them, you know, and hope for the best. Yeah, absolutely. And as we wrap up, season one, great, no regrets. You were yourself. No regrets. 
when when do you think you'll find out about a season two? What are you hoping for in season two? I think they've told it. Well, they did tell us that they would find out either way by the middle of February, which is kind of like you know two weeks from now, isn't it? Really, twelve days or something. Um, so that's that's the kind of ticket. Um, I think they've had really good numbers uh, on the downloads on the okay. ITV. So they've had you know millions of people downloading it. I know that it's uh, it's all on it's on HeyU in Canada, Australia, and all over Europe already. So that's a really good sign. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. But again, you know, my view in the world is everything happens for a reason, and if we're meant to get a second series, we will. If we won't, then I'll just crack on with something else. And I assume season two, you plan to do nothing really different because you're you have no regrets. Yeah, actually, I'm hoping that if season two comes and the pandemic might be lifted and then I could actually show you what I really do with some real people and some big parties instead of socially distanced parties. And I would love that. <laughs> Everyone in the States that is listening to the show needs to check it out because it is just, it's such a fun show. It really is. Where can everyone keep in touch and find you on Instagram? So I am Tessa Hartman one on Instagram and we are on TikTok at the Hartmans uh, on TikTok and Tessa Hartman one on TikTok as well. So if you go onto my Instagram, I'm, I'm, I'm linked there, but yes, uh, Tessa Hartman one on Instagram and the Hartmans on TikTok. I'll have to check you out on TikTok. I've never seen your TikToks before. <laughs> yeah, we've got Talia Storm on there. Uh, she's really good. She, she gets great numbers. We've got the Hartman's family. And then I just, when the show started, I thought actually I should start my own as well. So I've got Tessa Hartman one on TikTok. And do you know, I love TikTok as a platform, David, because it is just, you know, your 19 year old silly self and having lots of fun. And um, I really play with the Scottish humor. And some of the family stuff, you know, we, 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 we've had some videos that have gone into the millions, you know, because my, my youngest son wore a kilt and everyone's going, why is he wearing a skirt? And I love to really push the patriotic Scottish side of it all and just have fun with it. You know, that's what it's all about, especially in a pandemic. I have to check that out. Your Instagram is fun, so I'll have to check out your TikTok. I will DM you so we can keep in touch. Like, yeah. I really appreciate you taking your time. I know you're busy. You're a working you're working, running a business. So I really do appreciate your time and chatting with me. Oh, listen, thank you. It's been a pleasure, absolute pleasure to speak to you. I'm sure we could chat till Christmas, but. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, trust me, it's not that I want to go. I could talk to you forever. I'm just, but you'll, you'll like come back on. Once season two is announced, you, you'll come back on. Whenever you want, you just pop me a message and definitely keep in touch on Instagram. You're the best. Thank you so much, Tessa, and have a good day. All right, see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. Because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones. And the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. 
or head on over to Patreon because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.